1: so if you would go with me to your Bibles in Revelations chapter 2 as you stand Revelations chapter 2 come on let's give it one more time for the worship team they did an amazing job they killed it and sometimes when we go to Revelations I don't know about you but when I was younger and they said let's go to Revelations I was like what it's scary time, right? Like, that's how we would interpret the book of Revelations. Like, if you grew up in church, like, you were a church kid, like, you watched the movie, like, The Beast. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. The Beast. And it was, like, people rapturing and clothes leaving behind and all that stuff. You don't know about that. You don't know about that life. You don't know about that life. Excuse us, church folk, if church is new to you, but... We were scarred sometimes (laughs) into some scare tactics. Um, But we're in Revelations chapter 2. And I want to say that uh, our pastor, JJ, uh, is actually in Lakeland tonight. He's at Grace City Church speaking to their interns that are graduating. Come on, let's give it up for that. Uh, If he's listening, we miss you. We love you. We're praying for you. And we know that God's going to do something awesome in Lakeland. Uh, But I'm so thankful that you're here tonight. Give it up for you for being here tonight. You know, rain is like Florida snow. Like people are like, yo, it's raining. Are we going to church tonight? I don't know. Está lloviendo. No sé. But you're here. Give it up for y'all. Come on, you made it out on a first Thursday. That's amazing. Let me give you a little bit of background. If, if, If you've never read the book of Revelation, Um, and I don't want you to be like, what did that mean? Like, what's the symbolism that, so Jesus uh, reveals a word to John, John, the beloved, and John is sending out letters to seven different churches, right? And where John is at right now, he's on the Island of Patmos. Okay. And he's not on an Island vacationing. He's on an Island in prison. Okay. Um, it's amazing to know that John is considered John, the beloved. He was favored, but yet he still went through suffering. Sometimes the clearest representation to know that you're favored is when you're going through suffering. Uh, We know the story of Job. Yo, Job went through some stuff. But God said, yo, Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? So if you're going through a difficult season right now, it's not that you're exempt from favor, it's that you're being considered. God knows that you can get through what he's putting you through right now. And you're going to get through this. So John is going through a season of suffering right now on the island. But in his moment of suffering, he gets his greatest revelation. And Jesus talks to him symbolically. And he says, I want you to talk to the seven churches. But the seven churches are considered lampstands. So if you hear lampstands, that means churches. And when he says angels, that means the pastor of the, of the churches. Okay? So just so you don't get confused and you know where that's at. Revelations chapter 2, starting at verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus right? The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your toil, and your patience, endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen from. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Can you help me pray for this word? God, I thank you so much for your word. Uh, Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is a double-edged sword, and it pierces the undivided heart, soul, and spirit. And I'm just praying, Lord, that your word would do something that only you can do. Whatever that is for our lives. Move and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Come on, everyone says, You can have a seat. As you have your seat, tell your neighbor, Happy Throwback Thursday. Happy Throwback throwback Thursday. Throwback Thursday, right? Throwback Thursday was actually created, and you may care to hear this, you may not, but it was created by a guy named Bobby Sanders. Bobby Sanders created Throwback Thursday. He says, you know what? I'm going to create, you know, a fad, posting nostalgic photos, and everybody's going to want to do it because I started. Thank you, Bobby, because we all do it, right? I got a couple of photos that I want to show you guys. Do we got those photos? Joey, I got a couple of show photos. This is a throwback of me. Yo, if you didn't have the mushroom haircut back in the day, you weren't rocking, bro. You weren't rocking. It's kind of hard to see. We're trying to, trying to see it here. The next one I have here. Wow. Lord. Wow. What an identity crisis I was in, right? Jesus. Look at them eyebrows, y'all. like. Mira Puerto Rico. Them things were thin. Throwback Thursday. Some memories you want to remember, some you don't, right? You get those pop-ups and you're just like, I could have done without that memory. do not want to go back to that place. I don't know. But I want to talk to you about throwback every day. Tell your neighbor, throwback every day. Throwback every day. Jesus is talking to this church. And I love the model of Jesus's leadership because he understands his audience. So that means he has to change his approach and who he's talking to. Right. So not every church that he talks to in the book of Revelation he talks to in the same way. But in this model, he uses the sandwich model. So if you're a leader, you know, the sandwich model, right? You start off with encouragement. You're like, hey, you're doing a great job, man. Look at you're killing it in this and this and this. And then you come to the meat but I've been meaning to talk to you, right? I really think you can do a little bit better in this area. But then you finish it with, but continue to do a great job, man. You're killing it. That's the sandwich model. If you know about leadership, you know about the sandwich model. That's the model that Jesus is using right here to address the church of Ephesus, okay? He's using the sandwich model. And here's the thing, Ephesus, the word Ephesus literally means desirable. This church in Ephesus was like, A church in New York City. They were knowledgeable. They were intellectual. They were modern. They had a lot of things going on for themselves. But Jesus says, okay, now that I've given you positivity and I've encouraged you, I got to give you some truth. Because how many know that positive reinforcement can only take you so far? You ever gotten positive reinforcement and you're like, can you just tell me the truth, though? You're just like, just tell me how it is. Positive reinforcement can only take you so far because what is good may not be right. Right? Like them juicy burgers. They good. Them burgers are high santo. Them burgers are Good but it may not be right for you. So Jesus is addressing this church and he's saying, listen, I need to give you some truth. You have abandoned your first love. And I'm gonna be honest, I've I've studied this text and I've communicated this text and when I initially communicated this text, when he says you have lost your first love, I immediately wanna go to a sentiment, an emotion, a feeling, right? So when you had your first love, you're like, Man, I remember when I first fell in love, I felt like the butterflies and I felt all good inside. But here's the thing. When I think about my story and how me and my wife first started, it was not love at first sight. Look at her. She's like, tell the truth and shame the devil, babe. Tell the truth. It wasn't. That wasn't our story. We didn't, we, we didn't have that love at first sight story. It was very challenging. It was very difficult. And when you think about a sentiment, sometimes sentiments change. Emotions change. So when Jesus says, you have lost your first love, it made me go, okay, well, what does that word first mean? And when I went to the true translation of the word first in the Greek, it means protos. Someone say protos. Protos means first in place and first in time. So Jesus is really telling them, you haven't lost your sentiment, but you've lost your priorities. Love as a priority should outshine love as a memory. Because if I just rely on the memory that I have with me and my wife and I think about our past, I don't want to go back to that place, bro. It was rough. It was tough. I'm just being real with y'all. It was tough. And that's why when he says you have lost your first love, it cannot be about a sentiment or a feeling because our love in Christ should consistently, progressively grow. I love you more than I did yesterday. I need you more than I did yesterday. I'm hungry for you more than I did yesterday. Some of us got baptized this past Sunday. It was an awesome experience. Hello. Huge. Y'all were all in. You did it. That's amazing. But you said, I'm not satisfied, man. I want more. I need more. The Bible says that Jesus tells us this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Matter of fact, the true translation says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And the second one is just like it. That means it's equivalent. It's just as important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. This church in Ephesus, they were dynamic. They were dedicated. They were disciplined. They were discerning. They had good judgment. But this is the thing that they lacked. Devotion. Devotion. Because devotion expresses your heart and your love towards. I don't know if you can be honest tonight. That's why I told you it was going to be a family meeting. I'm not preaching. I'm just talking to you. Have you ever tried to do for God without God? I call that the Saul syndrome. Right? And I'm not talking about Saul to Paul Saul. I'm talking about before David was, Saul was. King Saul. Saul had a serious syndrome, dude. Saul was like, what am I going to do? I can't hear God. Where Samuel? Looks like I got to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to sacrifice these animals for God. Here you go, God. And Samuel says, yo, Saul, what are you doing? God didn't tell you to do that. Strike one. Then God gives him clear directions. Listen, you're going to go into this territory. You're going to wipe out everybody. I was talking to my wife about this the other day, and it really wrecked. She was like, The children? Everybody. Right. It was hard. She was like, I don't know, babe. I don't know. (laughs) We had a real moment there. God gave clear instructions. Do this. Wipe them all out. Animals and everything. Saul said, I'm going to try to do something good for God. I'm going to keep these animals and sacrifice them for God. When he did that, the Bible says that God rejected Saul and he had to look for a new anointed one. Disobedience in the name of doing what is good is still disobedience. Doing for God without God is a dangerous place to be. Activity does not signify effectiveness. (sighs) For myself, (laughs) activity does not signify effectiveness. But Josh, what does obedience have to do with loving God? I'm so glad you asked. The Bible says in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will obey me. But this is where I want to be honest with you. A lot of us have an issue with obedience because obedience was required from us in an unhealthy way. So we translated the request of obedience as manipulation. Because manipulation will require obedience for my own benefit. I'm requiring of this of you so I can get from you. God requires obedience for your benefit. In other words, God's commandments are not rules, they're benefits. It's to your benefit. There was 613 laws before Jesus. Jesus came in, fulfilled all of them. All of them? I would have woke up and been like, "Ah, I messed up. Had a bad dream. Dang it. Toto, come over here. I got to sacrifice you. (laughs) I done messed up again. Just gone through my whole flock. Just messed up with my dreams. Lord, I'm a wretched man. Jesus fulfills 613 laws and he says, you know what? Take all those laws and sum them up into two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you can do that, me and you are Gucci. We good. We're good. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Wow, we're good. I've come to the realization that the most spiritual thing you could ever do is love God and love people. That's the most spiritual thing you could ever do. But wait a minute. No tongues? No serving the poor? The Bible says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my bodies to the flames, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. It's about love. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to be a part of a community that our values are love God and love people. That's our values. We're not compromising those things. If you come to journey, you don't get loved on and we're going to see us love on God. That's all you don't get. You don't, you don't see that. That's what we do here in this house. Because here's the thing. Knowledge of God does not Divine. It does not define your spiritual maturity. Intimacy with God does. Because when you know God, He reveals His knowledge, you apply the knowledge, and guess what? You communicate it as wisdom. That's why you can meet knowledgeable people of God, and then you can find wise people. Because they apply. Don't just be hearers, be doers. And that's how it is communicated as wisdom. As you can see, man, I am really pacing myself because this is a heart check for me. This is not something that you can just be like, hey, love God, love people. Hey, have intimacy with God. Lord, search my heart. When David told God, you don't desire sacrifice. You desire a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That's what you desire. When the Bible says that obedience is more than sacrifice, because obedience shows God how much you love him. I'm married, and my wife requires for me to be obedient, show her that I love her. (laughs) That don't stop with your parents. That continues in marriage, y'all. And I am learning, brother. I admit to you, you know, let's, let's tell the truth. Let's shame the devil right now. I am not the best driver. I'm not. I admit it publicly in front of everybody, babe. And there's times where I fail to hit the brakes when I'm supposed to, right? I want to read the license plate in front of me. You know what I'm saying? I want to see every letter and every number. And so it was like this past week, she was like, babe, I'm just going to ask you, please, for our safety, will you not do that anymore? Say yes, please be obedient. And I'm not going to lie, my flesh was like, girl, I'm good. But I was like, "Heart check all right, you're right, babe. I'm sorry. I will be obedient. Because her request of obedience for me is for my protection. And sometimes God requires for us to be obedient to him because he's trying to protect us. He's not trying to keep nothing from you. He's trying to protect you. And all he's looking for is, yes, I'll obey. I'll do that. So here's what I want to tell you. I told you I wasn't going to be long because I want to go back to worship. This is the action plan going forward. This is the action plan. How do I make sure that I don't abandon my priority? How do I make sure I don't abandon protos? Jesus being first in place and in time. Number one, you got to remember. You got to remember. You got to throw back. You got to throw back. Not just to where he took you from. You got to throw back to where he's taking you from. Jesus didn't just save you. Jesus is saving you. (laughs) Until we are in glorification with Christ, we are in this process of sanctification and he he is saving us every day. Number two, you got to repent. Jesus told the church of Ephesus, Don't forget from where you have fallen and repent. And we learned this past Sunday that repentance is nothing else than just merely turning. You got to turn. 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 This looks good, but he's calling me to what's right. This sounds good, but this is not right with Christ. I feel drawn here, but I want to be obedient. Yes. Turn. Tell your neighbor, turn. And here's number three we need to repeat. Someone say, repeat. You got to remember, you got to repent, and you got to repeat. If his mercy is new every morning, my gratitude is new every morning. (laughs) If his grace is sufficient for me again today, I'm going to tell him thank you so much for your grace sustaining for me today. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But guess what? I was in this flesh yesterday. I'm in this flesh today. And I'm probably going to be in this flesh tomorrow if I wake up. So you know what that means? I need a savior again. (laughs) Because there was a young lady this past Sunday. She said, (laughs) JJ said, why are you here? (laughs) Because without Jesus, I'm a hot mess. I was like, girl, you too? I was was like, you too? Yes. Can we start a small group called I Was a Hot Mess? I am a hot mess. (laughs) Do we have the last verse of the text? Verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I got you. I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. That's the climax of where we want to go, y'all. Because of Adam and Eve eating of the tree of good and evil. That put pressure on us to decide what's good and what's not. Even our morality is fallen, y'all. It's not enough to do what's good what's good to you is relative. I need to pursue what's right. Righteous living and righteous living gets me to that place. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. Now, there's in store for me the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. You know what we're never going to stop doing, Siani? Throwing back. Even now, we've been blessed. He's provided for us. We come here, we sing these songs, and we're giving back praise. Give him back worship. Give him back gratitude. Give him back glory. But even when he awards us with crowns, our response is going to be throwback. It's throwback every day. (laughs) It's throwback every day. It's throwback every day. day. I'm going to give him praise. I'm going to give him worship. I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to give him glory. And you know what? If this is dress rehearsal, I'm getting ready to be with him in glory because I'm going to give it all back. Even with how good he's been, even with how faithful he's been, I'm going to give it back. It's throw back every day. John 13 35 says, and this is how they will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. You want to be the greatest representation of Christ? Love him and love people. You want to be the greatest extension of who God is? Love him and love people. Some people got baptized this past Sunday, and that's amazing, and we rejoice with that. But some of us, we need to get baptized in His love again. We need to get baptized in His grace again. We need to get baptized in His mercy again. Lord, baptize me. Baptize me. Change me. You do not desire my sacrifice, you want my obedience. you want a broken, a contrite heart, that I will give to you. So when we sing this song, you know what? Can we do something? Can we do something? Can we throw it back? We're going to throw it back. Let's throw it back. This is one maybe you know and maybe you don't know, but this is an oldie. Jesus, lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go. Come on. You're taking me from the miry clay. You set my feet upon the rock, uh, and now I know I love you. I love, I need you, I need you, though my world, though my world may fall, I'll never let let you go, my Savior, my Savior, my closest friend, my closest friend, I will worship you until the end. you remember this one, you remember this one? It makes me wanna shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. It makes me wanna shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise when I think me... when I think about the Lord how he saved me how he raised me how he filled me with the Holy Ghost how he healed me to the uttermost when I think about the Lord turn me around how he placed my feet on solid ground it makes me want to shout hallelujah thank you jesus lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all of the praise Jesus Lord your way of all the glory in all the honor ways This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Remember, this is a family meeting. And with family we can be honest. With family, we can be authentic. With family, we can let our guard down and be vulnerable and say, "I am weak." And if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Josh, I really can't throw stones at the church of Ephesus because I can find myself in that same predicament. I can be dynamic. I can be dedicated. I can be disciplined. I can even have discernment, but I'm lacking devotion. And I wanna return back to my first love. Not to a sentiment, but to putting Jesus as priority. Not just with words, but with our lives. If that's you tonight, hey, this is your space. You can come here, we can pray with you, but I'll tell you what, I promise he'll meet you If you just open up your heart and say, God, I need you to revive me. I need you to refill me. I need you to baptize me again. Let's return back to our first love. If that's you, I'm gonna count to three. They're gonna keep worshiping and we're gonna be here. I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come up. We're gonna pray with you. We're gonna come in agreement with you. And a lot of us, we're just gonna surrender again. I'm the first one up here because I want to have Christ as my first love. Protos, first in place and first in time. One. Two. Three. Come on. Come on up. The altar is open. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's thank the Lord.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.